Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Swing it out to the outside, and it is to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimos. Darrell Walker with the touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are hitting the road after their lost homestand. 0 for 3 on home ice. Four in a row. If you go back to that loss in Vancouver, they are 1 and 4 on the season. Meanwhile, the Edmonton Eskimos getting ready for Saturday night's game against the BC Lions. The Eskimos have now won two straight. They sit at 9 and 6 on the season. I always look forward to this. In about 10 minutes, we'll be joined by BC Lions general manager, head coach, VP of football operations and alternate governor oh my god could he have any more titles one of the greats all time in the Canadian Football League Wally Buono is going to check in thanks a lot for tuning in it is 606 inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos radio 630 Ched first period in Toronto the Maple Leafs leading the Red Wings 2-1 couple of other games in the NHL to come later on tonight baseball playoffs the New York Yankees are up 5-0 on Houston in the top of the eighth as the Yankees try to go up 3-2 in that best of seven. Coming up a little bit later tonight, the L.A. Dodgers at the Chicago Cubs. The Dodgers go for the sweep. Of course, one of the big stories today from the world of music, from the world of Canadiana. Great singer for the tragically hip Gord Downey has passed away. And a couple Oilers were commenting on it. Here's Eric Griba. Almost any other Canadian kid out there, I mean, loves the hip. Uh, they're... Um, an iconic band. Gord is an iconic, you know, person in our country, and uh, yeah, you know he's gonna be he's gonna be missed. But I think his his journey was inspirational to many. Growing up as a, as a Canadian hockey kid, I mean, he's the hip were, you know, part of that part of that life. So it's uh, pretty special. It's a pretty sad day with his passing. Yeah, Milan Lucic as well. You know, sad news. Uh, you know, in the music world and 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 throughout Canada, uh, obviously, Gord is a you know, a big part of uh, every Canadian's life. And, I mean, obviously, I grew up uh, listening to his music. All his stuff was on the radio all the time. And uh, I know he was a, a big Bruins fan as well and a, and a fan of mine. So, unfortunately, I never got to meet him personally. But, you know, I've always been a fan of his. And, you know, he, he lived a great life. And he meant a lot to uh, a lot of hockey players and a lot of Canadians. 
You know, just a, a quick story here. As uh, as you guys know, if you've if you've listened at all, I, I spent uh, seven years of my career working in Lloyd Minster. Wade Redden, who uh, spent most of his career with the Ottawa Senators from a, a small town of Hillmont, just north of Lloyd Minster. And I guess Gord Downey got to know Danny Heatley a little bit when uh, they were playing for Ottawa. And uh, a few Senators players went to a concert once, and. Uh, Wade and some of the other guys got to meet them quickly before the concert, and uh, Wade played for the Brandon Wheat Kings. So when uh, the hip did the song Wheat Kings that night, Downey said, this one goes out to my buddy Wade and the rest of the senators, the only senators who get anything done in this town. So anyway, a little bit of a story there. Uh, going to be missed. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we knew that the sad news was coming eventually given his diagnosis. But uh, we'll have a little bit of a tribute to uh, Gord Downey and the Tragically Hip later on in the show. The Oilers today met at Rogers Place before heading out to Chicago. They had some meetings. They looked at some video. And watching that game last night, I mean, look, I don't want to take anything away from the opponents because they're playing well. They've had teams come in here and play very good games. But you see things happening, like a couple of the the bad penalties, that pinch by cleft bomb, some of the other mistakes, and, and to me, the Oilers are kind of their own worst enemy, and they're creating a lot of self-inflicted wounds over the course of this losing streak. Into the offensive zone, they're in the orange, outlined in white and blue. The Carolina Hurricanes break out in the white and red, and they've got an odd man rush in over the line. Rich shot, score, first shift. Tevu Taravainen buries his first of the year, and the Canes take a one nothing lead just 20 seconds into the game. We've uh, definitely not made it easy on ourselves. I mean, look at last night, you know, we kept trying to, you know, come back and get back into the game and um, just kept, you know, having breakdowns and, and the games kept getting away from us. So it was uh, one of the things we need to basically lock lock it down in every facet of our game. For Jordan Stoll, out to the point, ripped by Justin Falk, block, rebound, score! Well, they've handed up the goal here. I mean, this is unbelievable. I think we're doing it to ourselves right now and stupid mistakes, including myself on bad penalties, but uh, I think it's just frustration maybe of Obviously, looking for a call, and then I take the frustration on taking a stupid penalty. Uh, so I think yesterday we kind of did it ourselves. It cost up a two-on-one, 10 seconds in the game, and then I take a penalty four minutes later, so we're down 2 nothing. So I think it's us. It's no one else but us. But, again, just uh, got to find ways to get out of this. We can't hang our heads. Comments there from Eric Griba and Patrick Maroon. And, yeah, obviously the Maroon penalty. I mean, yeah, he had his stick held. Should have been called. Yeah, probably. But then he's staring down the ref and interferes with a Carolina player while he's going to the bench. So you're not going to get away with that. Tell you what, we got more from the Oilers coming up in a bit here. Some clips from Todd McClellan, who uh, weighed in today on Zach Cassian, how the team is reacting. He sort of scoffed at the suggestion that the Oilers are struggling to deal with the expectations. I think he uh, feels that's a bit of an excuse. That's all coming up Rob Brown is going to check in as well but when we get back one of the greats all time in the Canadian Football League the coach and GM of the BC Lions Wally Buono coming right up this is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Oilers in Chicago tomorrow face-off show at 5 game starts at 630 here on 630 Chet. on Saturday night 
Countdown to kickoff at 6. Special two-hour edition of the show. Eskimos will play at the BC Lions at 8. You know, the Lions started the season 4-1. and one. They are now 6-9, and nine, and their playoff hopes are hanging by a thread. Their general manager and coach is Wally Buono. Wally, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, had better uh, stretches of... Uh time we've lost seven out of eight games not something that uh, is uh, very enjoyable well you know you and i do this once or twice a year over the last few years and uh, you know i've asked you about winning about dealing with losing you've you've often told me no- nothing good comes out of uh, out of losing it's it's easier to talk to your players to coach your players to lead your players uh, when you're winning so uh, you know obviously obviously it's it's tough for you how's how's the group uh, handling this uh, are they still coming to practice willing to learn motivated or what's it been like there well no i i think that's been very positive i mean even today was a terrible day here and uh, you know in vancouver very wet very cold and you know uh, the guys practice in, in their hard rain and you know, I thought uh, did a good job. But, you know, it's like I tell them, you know, practicing good is one thing, playing good is another thing. And, uh, you know, at this point in the season, you know, the last, say, eight, nine games, you know, we've not played well enough uh, throughout the whole game to win. We've had stretches where we played very well. But, you know, we find ways to lose. And when teams are on that uh, streak, you know, they always seem to find a way to lose. Yeah, well, and we've seen it here in Edmonton over the last few years with, uh, at times, an Eskimos team that seemed to win every close game, and, and then they had a losing streak earlier this season where it seemed every uh, every close game wouldn't go their way. Wally, I mean, you've been on the sidelines a, a long time. When you go through a rough spell, are, are what kind of experiences do you draw on, or, or is, is every year different? Do you sort of always have to learn on the fly depending on the group you have? Well, no, I, I think you've got to adapt to the group, and I think every group is different. Uh, you know, but I think your experiences over the years, as far as even winning streaks, losing streaks, you know, they're really not much different. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing about a losing streak is you've got to break that uh, cycle of negativity that's around yourself and your team. And, uh, you know, uh, whether it's giving up a late uh, touchdown in, in the fourth quarter or it's whether, uh, you know, it's a turnover in the fourth quarter. Uh, when you have that attitude of negativity around you, it seems like you always find a way uh, to make a mistake to let the other team win. You know, Wally, I, I got to interview Travis Lule before one of the Eskimos-Lions games earlier this season, and, and he was a pleasure to talk to. And we talked about him dealing with injuries in his career and, and how his family helped him get through some of the tough times where, you know, maybe he didn't know what the next step was going to be. And then, you know, it was it was obviously tough to see him go down again. And, and you, you've you known him a, a long time, so there's probably uh, your heart must have broke when when you saw him get hurt again. Well, you know what? It was a sickening feeling only because, you know, here's a guy that had worked extremely, extremely hard since 2012. Uh, We had named him the starter uh, to play in that game, uh, two plays into the game. Uh, He goes down. I don't even think he got hit. Uh, You know, his knee buckles, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, he's in surgery. So, you know, it it was uh, uh, devastating, uh, not because of the injury, because I think we all understand that's part of sports. But here's a guy who had gone through so much, uh, both physically, emotionally, mentally. His family had gone through so much. Finally, 
uh, you know, got what he wanted, which was to be the starter on his football team. And, you know, within two plays, it was taken away from him. But, you know, Travis being the man that he is and being the character person that he is, you know what, uh, he's had the surgery, he's working hard, and, you know, he's being very supportive of the, uh, you know, the players and especially Jonathan. Wally Buono joining us on Inside Sports, GM, coach of the BC Lions. They're hosting the Edmonton Eskimos on Saturday night. Wally, you know, you're, you're talking about obviously the, the slump you're in. You got a 6-9 and nine record. Um, you do have playoff hopes. Those playoff hopes would be perhaps a little more optimistic if the league scrapped the divisions and went with just a nine-team league where the top six teams got in. I've been in favor of that, especially the way the last two years uh, have gone. I'm wondering what your thoughts on that would be. I mean, could could the league go ahead without an East-West format anymore, or what do you think? Well, again, I, I've said it publicly. I'll say it again without being disrespectful to anything. You know, I, I just don't believe today the East-West thing is what it was, say, 20, 30 years ago. I think with technology today, with uh, you know the fact that everything is national, everything is global, uh, everybody gets to see all the games. Uh, you know, the Grey Cup in Ottawa is already sold out. It doesn't matter who the participants are. Uh, you know, I, I think the tradition... Uh, is probably has more and more value than than uh, anything else, and I, I'm I'm like you, you know, you you should you should uh, you know excellence should be rewarded, you know, and if you're the the way I would look at it is I think you always have the first place team in the East, first place team in the West get a buy, and then you look at the next board, next four best teams. That that's to me I would be uh, in favor of that because it still keeps that East. West connection for the traditionalists, and I think you got to respect the traditions of the CFL. But then also, too, uh, you know, the next four teams, whether they're all Eastern teams or all Western teams, should have the ability to play. Yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, I think you're preaching to the choir there. I know whenever I bring it up on the show, it's a, it's, <laughs> well, it's a, it's let, a deb- let's us take over the league and let's get a change. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, there we go. That's, uh, people might be okay with you running the league. I'm not sure how they would feel about Reed Wilkins stepping in, but uh, I, I know it's okay. <laughs> you, we, 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 we would do a good job, believe me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Hey, uh, you know, th- th- thanks for your thoughts on that too. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, there is, uh, we we're talking quarterbacks with Lule. Um, there, there's a, a Canadian guy uh, in Saskatchewan, Brandon Bridge, that's been playing a little bit. Can, can you also? And look, I know it's not on your team, so I'm not asking specifically about another team. But can is is this is this still the fact that he's not counting at a, as a, as a Canadian? Is it time to change this in case? We do get some up-and-coming Canadian quarterbacks here to help with the ratio a bit, or what's going on? Well, you know, that's a tricky, tricky, tricky question. So I'm going to try to give you a quick answer. I'm not sure at this point we're producing enough quarterbacks so that every team could have that advantage. Okay? And and, and that's maybe a, a simple answer. But if we were in the business of producing quarterbacks that could fill all the teams so that they all had – uh, let's just say a national quarterback be on their three, you know, then I think it would be a fair playing field. Right now, even with the all the great quarterbacks in collegiate football in the States, we can't provide enough uh, quarterbacks to produce in the CFL and in the NFL. So, you know, that's, that's something that I'm not sure is ever going to get resolved. But, you know, when you see a young uh, Canadian quarterback do well, you've got to be very, very happy for him. 
All right. Wally, one more before I let you go. Uh, and I'm, I know some of this is the stuff you talk about in your market, but I read about so I don't get to ask you directly and flesh it out a little bit. Uh, I, I believe, you know, you've talked about we got to market the league and embrace new technologies. I don't. I don't know if you're necessarily a fan of Twitter or social media, but would it be fair to say, um, whether you use it or not, you recognize the direction it can take the league and how it can help reach out to an audience. Well, you know what? I, I do have a, a Twitter manager. It's my daughter, and she's does all my tweeting for me. And I don't do it. She always says to me, uh, "Can you do? Give me a, a tweet on this." You know, you you look at uh, the generation of people that we need to touch to become fans, not people my age that are in their 60s or 70s. Or, You know, we need to touch the, the younger people. And the younger people today do not communicate, do not get stimulated by watching TV. Uh, you know, they're on in their own uh, atmosphere. And you've got to be able to reach them. And the only way you can reach them is you've got to be able to communicate with them on what they're communicating, on what they're watching. Uh, you know, so from that point of view, uh, that's new technology that I'm lost with. You know, uh, as I said to you before, if I owned the club, I'm not sure I would hire anybody that's over 40 years old. Maybe 35 would be, uh, you know, the oldest because, you know, you've got to think young uh, to be able to reach these people, not that... Uh, an old guy like me couldn't be, a, a, you know, given good advice. But I don't understand the mindset. I don't understand the technology. I don't understand the world that they live in because I'm not ever there. Wally, I'm too old to work for you, but maybe we'll we will be running the league someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, you are too old, and, and, and that, that's my point. It's you know, uh, young people got to know how young people think. I think a certain way, you will never change my mind. Okay, I have certain values, I have certain things, that will never change. Okay, but young people today, uh, God bless them, they're smarter than I've ever been. A lot of them are more motivated than I've ever been. They're more ingenious than I've ever been. But you only can communicate with them in a certain way. And when you find that out, they're usually very, very uh, supportive. But... uh, you know, so let's see. Uh, let's see what the next. Uh, you know, uh, and I think the commissioner uh, has a good grasp. He, he's been very progressive in a lot of things, and you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he takes this league in a different, a total different direction. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on six thirty, Chad. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, guys. Have a good day. Huh? This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Thank you, Mr. Riley. It is 634. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Toronto Maple Leafs had five shots on goal in the first period. They lead Detroit 4-1 after 20 minutes. 80% their shooting percentage. Blues lead Chicago 1-0, seven minutes left in the first. Later, the Canadians play the Kings. The Canadians off to a similar start as the Oilers. They are struggling at 1-4-1. The Kings doing good. They're 4-0-1. Baseball, Yankees, one win away from the World Series. A 5-0 win over Houston today. They lead the ALCS 3-2. It's going back to Houston. Cubs and Dodgers at 7 Cubs have to win. They're down 3-0 in the series. Western Hockey League tonight. Oil Kings, 7 o'clock home game. Rogers place home to Victoria. Oil Kings are 4-6-1. and 
Victoria 8-1-1 on the young WHL season. Appreciate you tuning in. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can text 63630. Rob Brown, our beloved Inside the game analyst for our Oilers broadcast on 6.30, Chad, coming up in about 10 or 11 minutes. We'll talk some Oilers, and he has a tragically hip story, and I don't know what it is, so I'm looking forward to hearing it. Love having Wally Buono on the show. Got a text here from Murr the Stamps fan who says, uh, Reed, I would hire you. Love listening to Wally. First of all, we have Stampeders fans that listen to Inside Sports. I'm stunned. That changes everything. What's next? Rough Riders fans? I'm waiting for those fans from the CFL expansion in the mid-90s to start listening to the show. That would be great if we had some uh, Birmingham Barracuda fans. Las Vegas Posse fans, they if can. you're listening tonight. Hey, Reed, just where would you rank the Memphis Mad Dog seasons among the greatest or perhaps worst in CFL history? <laughs> Who's your favorite Memphis Mad Dog backup offensive lineman? There's still, doesn't the, the Baltimore group still uh, have a party at the Great Cup every They year? do, yeah. We should try to find some fan club of the American teams, but not the Baltimore group. One of like the, So there was uh, Shreveport Pirates, Birmingham yep. Barracuda, Memphis Mad Dogs, Las Sacramento Vegas Gold, Posse, Las Vegas Posse yep. Sacramento Gold Miners, and then they moved and became the San Antonio Texans. Texans, Are yes. we missing one? Baltimore? I don't think so, no. Did we get all of them? I think that's it. I mean, Baltimore was... Well, there were a few of them were actually pretty good. They were. Damon Allen played for Memphis. Dunnigan mm-hmm. played for Birmingham. Yep. Ham played for Baltimore. Archer mm-hmm. played for San Antonio Shreveport. I don't yeah. know who played for... Uh, or, pardon me, San Antonio and Sacramento. I can't remember the Shreveport quarterback. And I can't remember who played for Vegas either. Well, you know who... I believe who played for Vegas very early in his career. Was it not Anthony Calvillo? Yes. I think he was right. their first, yep. their backup quarterback. I don't mm-hmm. know if he started a lot of games there. Yep. Anyway, there's a, there's a topic for another night. But, but here's the thing I, I love about having Wally Buono on the show. A, he's got a, he has experience and he has wisdom. And I, I just love how he communicates because he can take uh, something that might seem complicated or even controversial and he explains it in such a logical manner, uh, such a logical, calm manner that just kind of makes like, oh, well, you just boil it down to that. It, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, he, he said with the playoff format, and I've been beating the drum here for a couple of years, scrap the divisions. Wally actually said you can keep the divisions for to keep the traditionalists happy. You can give the first-place team in each division a buy into the league semifinals, but then you just you bring in the other four teams, which is kind of what they have now, except uh, the second-place team in each division wouldn't be guaranteed a home game if they have a worse record, which is which is what would happen this year. And and he said, and I agree with this, I mean, look, it's two-thirds of the, the league makes the playoffs, so maybe saying excellence should be rewarded is a bit of a stretch because I don't know if the sixth-place team is always necessarily an ec- excellent team, but... You know, if, if you're if you just put the top six teams in the playoffs, I mean, the, the, it, to me, if that's what you boil it down to, like how simple can you make it? Just put the top six teams in the playoffs. So why does it have the, the wall? And here's the thing that Wally put so well: the Grey Cup is already sold out. People are not waiting to see who is in it, right? They're not waiting to see. I'm only going if it's if it's uh, Montreal, BC. I don't care. Like they're so. I mean, really, I think except in Toronto, 
the the Grey Cup game is going to be sold out or near sold out all the time. I, I think it still has that cachet. So why are we clinging to something that started, you know, like in the 40s or whenever they had an East-West Grey Cup? Austin has called in, 780-496-0063. Austin, go ahead. Hey, guys, love your show. Thank you. Uh, nobody likes change. You know, nobody, <laughs> it, it's, it's the hardest thing to go, and no disrespect to the traditionalists East-West, but if you went with the one division, okay, the last place team doesn't make it, you go with a one eight two seven format, you could actually squeeze an extra playoff game in there without extending the season. So you're actually increasing your, your league revenue. So you'd actually play an 18-game season just to eliminate one team, Austin. Sure. Why wow. not? Why not? You you still have that. It, it's still it's still a, a toss up of whether you're going to make it or not. So you Somebody would uh, so you wouldn't give a bye to the top two teams. So so here's not the thing. Calgary could go. Like, Calgary could go sixteen one and one this year, which would yeah. be the best record in league history. You wouldn't say that that's worth a buy. They still got to play. Uh, right now, they would probably play like a four and fourteen Hamilton team. This For, is the CFL. Anything can happen. We've seen it. No, I would be more interested to see them play and, and make it. They just earned a spot. It doesn't mean they're guaranteed anything. Austin, you know what? No one has pitched that, and uh, I, I probably would still like that more than uh, having you know an East team with seven wins get a bye into the division final. Exactly. <laughs> are are you an Eskimos also- fan, or who do you support? I'm an Eskimo fan, yes, I'm a former season ticket holder, but my heart kind of leans towards Montreal a little bit because, I'm sorry, Anthony Calvillo is just, you can't help but like the man. Yeah, well, they're having a tough year, but he was a great player. But, but is he their OC or their quarterback coach? Uh, I think he's a quarterback coach this year. Yeah, well, that's a heck of a guy to have as a quarterback coach. But but no, I'm I'm, I'm green and gold. I got my, 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 my hair at home and my football and... My first choice is always Edmonton. It's a class team. The Edmonton Eskimos are a class organization. And when you look around, what they do for the city, what they do for the people, they're always they're always concerned with with the people whether they're they're happy with their image. No, the Eskimos are probably one of the classiest organizations in the CFL. Well, they'll appreciate that, Austin. Thanks a lot for calling in, man. That's a heck of an idea. I'll talk to you again. Okay. Take care. That is Austin at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. That's that's quite a pitch. Just have an eight-team playoff. Yep. So the traditional bracket: one one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six. I think if they did if they did change it, I think they'd let the top six into the playoffs and give one and two a bye. It so also, the regular season has a little more meaning. It also but, allows it also allows for the eastern uh, the the much talked about eastern expansion idea of putting a team in Halifax. Then you have ten teams. Right, but you see, in my world, you'd still let the top six in. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, just, I like my my personal view is if you play eight, if you're playing eighteen games, you should eliminate more than just the last place team. So right. the regular season means a little more. But that's a heck of an idea, though. I appreciate Austin chiming in with that. So the Oilers uh, meetings and practice today. Then they flew to Chicago. Game tomorrow is on Chad. Five o'clock for the faceoff show. Six thirty. For the drop of the puck, Todd McClellan how, as was asked how the team is uh, reacting to some of the scrutiny that they're under, some of the coaching that they're getting because they've lost four straight. They're very receptive um, as far as taking uh, their penance, if you want to call it that. Uh, they, uh, they're part of the discussion, which is encouraging. Usually if they, uh, 
if they turn quiet on you and they don't talk or, or participate, then, then that's not a good sign. So they're part of the discussion and, and they realize that they need to be better in, in certain areas. So um, again, we're going to have to work our way out of it. Um, you know, struggle and emerge, I think, is Notre Dame's uh, uh, motto, and uh, that's where we're at right now. Struggle and emerge. Yes, Notre Dame, Saskatchewan. That is the motto indeed. You know what? Todd McClellan gave us fast, hard, supportive. He gave us don't fold your hand. He gave us play inside, play over top of the puck. Maybe that's a good motto, especially for this part of the season. Struggle and emerge. I'm going to get to Jim on the phone line in a second. Rob Brown is coming up. But I want to get this in because McClellan was asked today, is this about the team struggling to deal with expectations? Some people picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Some people picked them to win the West. I did not, but I did pick them to be first in the Pacific Division, to be a very good team. Uh, so that was the question. Is this all about them struggling to deal with the expectations? No, I think it's it's an excuse. You always find reasons for uh, uh, for, for something to fit. And uh, I will say maybe earlier Vancouver and a little bit of Winnipeg where we got a little full of ourselves probably and, and ahead of it. But the last few nights we've uh, we've been humbled enough to... Uh, to, uh, to get back to work. Um, for me, it's just mistakes. It has nothing to do with expectations. All right, so McClellan, at least publicly, put, putting that aside. Interesting comment there. Jim, I got about uh, 45 seconds for you, then I got to get Rob Brown on the show. What's on your mind? I like Austin's idea. Okay. But I, uh, the only thing I would add is let's start the season two or three weeks earlier. I like yep. that idea too. I'm not sure the TV, the, the station with the TV contract wants to do that. Oh, it sure is cold out there at times. <laughs> okay, enjoy the show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jim. I, I, I would be on board with that too, but it doesn't seem like it has much traction now. But thanks for Jim for weighing in with that. All right, 645. We got to take a quick timeout. Uh, you can also text 63630. I don't know if I'm going to have tons of times for text tonight, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Rob Brown is coming up inside sports on 630 Chat. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Alright, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers in Chicago tomorrow, Philadelphia Saturday morning, Pittsburgh Tuesday night. Leon Dreisaitl and Drake Kajula are traveling with the team, not expected to play tomorrow, but they could return in game two or three of the road trip, which is positive news. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on 630 Ched, we broadcast the Oilers and Eskimos games. We got Rob Brown as our inside the game analyst on our Oilers broadcast, former NHLer himself. Rob, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very good tonight, Reed. How are you? I'm uh, doing great. Great to have you on the show. Uh, we've been doing the Oilers post-game shows. Uh, obviously, people are getting a little worried. We want to talk about that. Uh, but obviously, we were pl- we've been playing Tragically Hip, as I'm sure every uh, radio station across the country is. Gord Downey passing away today. And I texted you earlier, and I said, did you ever meet Gord? And you said, well, the, not exactly, but you got a story. And I, I don't, you, you've told me a lot of the stories over the years. I don't think I know this one. So what's the deal? No, no, it was, it was uh, when I was in Pittsburgh uh, years ago, 1999, I lost a sister. And during the, the course of the year, I went around to all the different NHL teams and guys on the, the teams. And 
I'd send a little note over and told them what had happened, that I was putting together a big fundraiser, a memorial for her at the end of the year. So a bunch of the players that I knew, it, it, they guys were given skates and helmets and sticks and, and, and all kinds of nice things for me to help raise money for my sister's charity. And we came back to Edmonton to do it. And one day at my mom's house, the, the doorbell rang. I go, it's the UPS. And it was a package. And it was from the Tragically Hip. And it was every CD that they'd ever made. And it was a Team Canada jersey instead of the, the flag on the front of the Maple Leaf. It had the Tragically Hip. And all the guys had autographed. And they had just heard that I was doing this, heard about my sister. And out of the blue, like I'd never met them. Out of the blue, they sent me this care package that we auctioned off at the at our um, memorial for at the auction. And it was funny because my wife got into a bidding war with Jamie McLennan, from the, who's on TSN now. So they, they bidded it out and because it was my charity. Jamie eventually let my wife win, and we have it in the house. So, yeah, so that's the kind of guy that uh, Gord Downey and the band members were, that out of the blue, someone they've never met, they get a parcel sent to our house, to my mom's house, uh, to help raise money for my sister's charity. Wow, Rob, that is amazing. I mean, I, I was I was tearing up a bit listening to that. That that's incredible. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's amazing that that not only they were aware of it because you never contacted them directly, but then it's easy to say, oh, we should do something. But they got off their butts and did something about it. And and the one thing you know, I think about uh, about Downey and his lyrics and the band is. Um, I mean, they, they sang about hockey in, in a really cool way, like working hockey references uh, into their lyrics, and, and they, they're played in arenas, and, and the Oilers were playing them, you know, while they were waiting for their meeting to start today. So that is, that is it is kind of interesting, the, the connection they have through hockey, not just through music, but the way they worked ho- hockey into their songs. Well, they worked, they worked hockey and they worked Canada into their songs. I mean, they could have been, you know, world famous, but they, they sang about Canada. And that's why they're so unique and so so important to to everyone here in our country. It, it's funny. I, I enjoy listening to music. I enjoy going to concerts. But I mean, at home, it's I just whatever's on my my Spotify or I turn on one of our radio stations. But I, I the night that they played in Kingston, their the last show that went across CBC carried. My son and I were going to a, a play that night. And I remember he and I, in line, waiting to get into this play, had my phone out, and we're watching the concert on the phone. And it was, it was like, there's no way you're going to miss this. And I, 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 was, I was a huge hip fan, like everyone was, but I didn't realize how important that was, how important they were just to everybody. And my, and my son, who's 16, loves their music. So it's not just a music that was for, for my generation. It's carried off, carried on into my son's age group as well, too, so... Uh, a very important band and a very important man uh, in not just music for Canadians, but just as one of the greatest Canadians that we have. Well said. Rob Brown joining us inside sports on 630. Chad, Rob, you're going to be in studio with me tomorrow night watching the Oilers and the Hawks. Um, a couple minutes here before we got a break for the news, but we talked about it last night. I asked Griba and Maroon today, I, I said, you, uh, you, no disrespect to your opponents, but has the biggest problem for the Edmonton Oilers been the Edmonton Oilers? And they both said, well, basically, because uh, they keep shooting themselves in their foot. And, and Maroon was uh, pretty hard on himself, expectedly, about the penalty he took that helped make it 2 nothing Carolina last night. Well, the, the league is too good nowadays. They, they wanted parity in the National Hockey League, and they have. 
I mean, they have an expansion franchise that's come into the league that are in first place in their division with, with Vegas. So you cannot give teams extra opportunities. You cannot beat yourself in a hockey game and expect to have a good outcome at the end of the night. And the others through, um, you know, brain cramps, uh, bad plays, miscommunication, and dumb penalties, those are things that are easily correctable. It's not talent that's getting, that they're losing because of. They're losing because they're not playing the way they need to play. They're not playing the way that they played last year when they were successful. And sometimes it, 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 it's hard to win. It really is hard to win. And sometimes you, you try to take the easy route and hope that you have the right outcome. And the others are finding out right now the, the easy way doesn't get you what you want to get. And I think that this road trip is going to be a, hopefully a turning point where they get back to what they were doing last year, back to what they were doing to be successful. Well, I, I hope the third period helps a little bit, even though they still made mistakes and gave up a couple of goals in the third, but they had some of their chances go in. And hopefully they, they relax and get into that mindset that it's okay if it takes 60 or even 65 minutes to win a game. I, and I don't want to, you know, Clefbaum's getting singled out a lot. There were a few guys that struggled last night. But that early game pinch, Rob, like to me that's like a football team calling a Hail Mary on the first play because if they don't get a touchdown, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Like you just got to relax and, and stay within the game, right? Well, it was really interesting reading his words about it. He talked about the fact that he, he wanted to energize the crowd. They needed to do something big. They needed to do it early. And he was just over-exuberant. And he got out of his comfort zone, got out of what made him successful. And that's what happens. When you start doing things that are outside of yourself, out of what makes you the player that you are, you get yourself into trouble. There's a reason that Oscar Kleffbaum's the first pairing defenseman, is because what he brings. He doesn't have to bring anything else. He just has to bring what he is, his abilities allow him to bring, and he will be successful. He got outside of his, his zone there, and cost the team. I think it's a great wake-up call, this start to the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Better now than if it was in March or April. And they have an opportunity with you know, 77 games. of plenty of time to get it going the right direction. And I, I fully expect that they will. Their best players haven't been their best players yet. Once they get going, this team will get going in the right direction. Rob, great to have you on the show. Really appreciate that story about the hip. I'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds good. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.